is In the Shadows podcast. Lots of cigar talk, but if it's going on in the world, we'll be talking about that too. And by the way, the fellows don't shy away from controversial topics. Trust me. So grab that stick, kick back with your favorite drink, and let's do the thing. This is the In the Shadows podcast. Now your hosts, Tony the Soy Sauce Assassin, along with Albert, Martine, and Eric. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Shadow Smokes Legion in the Shadow Podcast. I'm your host, Tony the Soy Sauce Assassin. And today we have Albert, Eric, and Martin with us. And we're going to talk about the very big news. Well, it's like a week old, but maybe two. The news about how uh, the cigar industry, the premium cigar industry, has won its lawsuit against FDA. And basically, when we say when, it's like the, the judge decides to just, just toss the whole thing out. And says, hey, uh, that this is not good. Try again later. Like when you guys had this thing figured out better, try again later. So there are a few regulations that was introduced in 2016 that has been rescinded in a way, I guess. Not going to be putting action, but there are still other tobacco related law that was or regulation introduced before that that is still in play. So there's a little bit of, I guess, learning. But not, it doesn't really affect us all that much. It affects the industry. So let's get to talk about uh, what was introduced, what was recent, and what will change. Okay? So um, to start with this, let's talk about, first of all, the biggest change that this thing has is you no longer have to uh, do testing for new blends. You no longer have to put the, the what what is this blend, the tobacco, the type of tobacco, what does this tobacco do, all those testing before you do a new blend and submit it to the FDA. That's number one. Number two is that you don't have to pay that. I think there's like a user fee to the FDA. Some ridiculous money so that the FDA can operate and regulate you. It's like, hey, here's some money. Please regulate us and make our life harder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? And and the, the third one is the label has to take more than was at sixty percent of the box, which that's the part that bothers me the most. Everything else is actually okay with me as a consumer, but if they ruin the box look, it bothers me. Yeah, because we are a collector. We look sort out for a good looking box, you know, presentation. And if you tell right. me sixty percent of it gonna be covered by some guy coughing and dying, no, no it's just a label. It says that if uh, smoking will kill you. Yeah. Which like you like, oh thanks for telling me because uh, I already know, <laughs> I already know like like those labels are everywhere. It's not like I've never seen before, yeah. but you just ruined my collectible box. And like you know, those box for tobacco, it, I don't always have to put tobacco in there. I can put anything else in there. So yeah. that kind of it could be like a jewelry a box, you know. So um, but also most important is that this the 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 lawsuit is only for the premium cigar, right? And then there's a, I, I just want to read out the definition of the premium cigar. There's eight rules that they put in there to, to define premium cigar. So uh, the premium cigar had to be wrapped, number one, wrapped in whole tobacco leaves. So the entire wrapper had to be tobacco leaf. Yep. It had to contain 100% leaf tobacco binder and contains at least 50% 
of the filler by weight, long filler tobacco. So some mixed filler will still count because so long as you have more than 50% long filler, it counts. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's handmade or hand rolled. And their definition that is no machinery was used in uh, apart from simple tools such as scissor to cut the tobacco prior to rolling. Funny thing is that they didn't talk about the, 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 the yeah, yeah, the machine, right? Now, and the next one is there's no filler, uh, no filter or non-tobacco tip or non-tobacco mouthpiece. And six is it does not have a characterizing flavor other than tobacco, which means yeah, in by this definition, if you're smoking any flavor cigar, you're not smoking premium cigar. Yes, you acid right? boy out there. <laughs> and contains only tobacco, water, vegetable gum with no other ingredient or additives. And number eight is it had to weigh more than six pounds per thousand unit, which takes away the cigarellos from that category. So pretty much most of non-flavored cigar from any premium humidor in the U.S. will be will, will count as as a premium cigar. So that's a big win. I think that's that's pretty good for you know the 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 legal system to go. Hey, you guys are not doing this correctly. Didn't do your due process. You guys sucks. Go back, do the whole thing again, and we'll see you in like next ten years. Yeah, but we'll do the whole thing again. Like yeah, how... so that deserves nope. a yeah that yeah that's yes. pretty good yes so, that was pretty good. Anyways, I, I I I let's go from person to person. Uh, talk about what you guys think about this whole thing. Like you can talk about starting from 2016 or to how it affects you, and then we can talk about how it affects the industry as a whole. Okay. So uh, let's start with Albert. What do you think about this whole thing? I'm not, I'm not sure how much it's going to affect me personally because the the flavored. I, I don't know how much I'm into a flavored cigar kind of a thing. Um, I'm I've been trying to think about how this does affect us, and in some ways, I'm not even sure we really know how it affects us until it does. Right? That was the the biggest the biggest issue. Um, the box thing is kind of concerning because yes i agree you know there are people who collect boxes and will uh they look for the average they look for the artwork and the design and all that and if you look at a box that is purchased overseas germany for example they have this big white and black uh sticker on the box and it's very unsightly and so i imagine that's going to get it you know that that's just the tracks for some of the allure of, of wanting to purchase a box like that or purchase that that kind of if that's what that's part of the cigar collecting or the cigar smoking that, that you're involved in but um i'm glad that this is finally at a point where uh i guess the industry can breathe a little bit and they can i guess regroup try to decide how they're going to approach you know the next round of whatever the fda does so you know in a way i'm glad this you know, it, a lot of people have been able to, I guess, put some of this to rest. So that's that's going to be pretty helpful. Cool. Uh, Martin? What's going on, everybody? Um, so as far as this win, I kind of feel like for a very long time, the, the FDA was kind of sticking their nose in a place that they really didn't know much about. So they're trying to regulate something that, they didn't know the process of how cigars were made. They didn't know 
that um, I mean, well, of course, it's a small community of of cigar smokers. I mean, we take up a very small percentage. One percent, one percent, right? Uh, I can't remember the numbers, but I know it's an extremely small percent, and they are literally trying to tell cigar manufacturers, owners, makers, rollers how that they are supposed to be making these cigars and trying to limit things, and they don't even know what the hell they're even talking about. So for so for this win, it's just it, it was kind of like a. I mean, I hate to say it, but it was kind of like a, haha, like we won because you really don't know what the hell you're talking about. So it's just, I feel like it's just, um, it's so much better that um, we kind of have, I don't know, kind of, we kind of have that under the belt and uh, it's, it's just a waiting game until they try to regulate something else again. Uh, But as far as the flavored tobacco stuff, I mean, I like flavored cigars every once in a while, but I don't go after like the kuba kubas or anything it's more of like the sweet tip stuff and um like the tabacs like the coffee flavored stuff but it's nothing like the really infused cigars so it, it's really not it wouldn't really affect me very much uh because i normally go for like the natural tobacco cigars so that's just me okay cool eric so <clears throat> so yeah um tell the truth i didn't really pay attention to this whole thing into um like a year ago to uh, that i bought a cra pack and um i didn't know what's going on into yeah to last year and um i went and support them because i think pure cigar is is a luxury thing and it's for more mature audience not kids that like around you know 20 in the 20s trying to Get through college and smoke a cigar, unless you are you're, you have a filthy family, which rich and wealthy, you probably don't smoke cigars, you know. And it's not as unhealthy as they think it is. And thank God they that we won because we we were calculating pricing and everything. If they actually we actually lost this battle. We will pay a whole lot more for cigars, and there's going to be a lot of cigar company, small family, that would just probably drown because of all the fee that they try to put on them. And flavor cigar, thank God, because I don't think they should be in the same category as premium cigars, because those are the one that like uh, kids or younger people would get into because. They would like the infused, unique flavor that coming off of it, or coffee flavor. So it would just it attract to more younger audience with those kind of things. Because as men, we as long as as we grow, we have exceptional tastes on unique tastes on things. Like but there's a the lot of people still smoke like, that. Yeah, but I don't really care about those people i mean there's, there's a lot them. of people that, i mean it's it's a big market within it is, the... it's a huge market but you know when i when i think of premium cigar when i go inside humidor you know i, I don't look at it like, i don't look at those cigars as premium they just look like gas station cigar right even the packaging I mean, is no, like very they're, they're, they're shaped like normal cigars same sizes and everything the only thing is they're yeah, infused but... 
But they, I don't know. I look at them as gas station car. They don't belong in the humidor. That's I mean, my opinion, okay. though. If that's they do it right, opinion. they should keep them separate. But that's beside the point. All right, let's uh, let's address a few points, right? Now let's address Albert's point first. Albert saying that it, he doesn't really see an effect for the past few years, um, starting from 2016 all the way to now. I do see a little bit of effects because I remember where all the companies are being way, uh, like very careful about what they're releasing. They don't want to release new cigar. They don't want to release new blend. A lot of stuff, they are going back into their old catalog to find uh, grandfather in tobacco or blends to release. And that dramatically reduced the amount of flavor and stuff that they can use. And I feel like that has some effect to, like, for example, this year's cigars, everybody uses a similar blend, right? Uh, Broadleaf with San Andreas and stuff like that. Everybody uses around the same blend so that if if that does not go through by September uh, 9th, everybody will just submit the same tobacco. So we use the same tobacco, so they're substantially the same. So that we do one testing. And we did that small, quick calculation right before the show. So for a $3 cigar, if you make 5,000 cigars as a limited run, that cigar will have to be $43 after the testing fee. We're not even talking about, we didn't even add those uh, user fee that it's going to be uh, 20, 15 to 20 million annually for the user fee. Yet. And that would just be $43. That means per cigar, if they still go with the Keystone price range, you had to, for a $3 cigar, you now have to pay $86 for that cigar which makes no sense, right? So let's say if that's not the case, let's say that you made more than that, you're still going near a $30, $40, $50, $60 range, which it wouldn't be, it would create a situation where unless you're the premier high-end cigar company that basically just lower their price range to fit and still sell it at $80, you're not going to be able to survive. And so the effect here is really that now... Cigar company can go and release all kind of different blend, all kind of different tests, you know, trial, uh, short short runs of every uh, different blends, and not have to worry about okay if this can go through. Now we have to test every single blend. That's number one, right? Number two is, and I think Martin is right. I mean, they are regulating a uh, product that they have no understanding of. Mm-hmm. They they don't know what's what. They just write okay. We can make $20 million per company a year by just regulating them. You know, that's great. You know, we're going to make them say, hey, thanks for allowing us to sell tobacco. Here's money. Go ahead and regulate us. Makes no sense. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to pay you so you can regulate me? But, you know, that's what they'll try to do. And they're already doing some of that, you know, because, you know, a lot of time, the old regulation which had tobacco product on already is affecting cigars right the, the label isn't going away it's just gotta it's not gonna be 60 percent. we still gotta get that stupid label on a corner somewhere mm-hmm. that says hey cigars are bad for you potentially cause cancer whatever right but it's not gonna be 60 percent. so it's still gotta be there the age to purchase a cigar is not gonna change you still gotta be uh, most places 21 and older to purchase a cigar that's not gonna change all right what's gotta change is that those things that restrict them from producing cigars for people to say, hey, I want to start my own cigar blend, cigar uh, cigar thing for the house blend or whatever. Now they don't have to worry about that. Now they can actually do that, which is 
both a blessing and a curse because some people would think that too many blends out there lower the value of the cigar, which I understand, right? And in the end, for collection, for uh, for what Eric's saying, I personally don't think, and per this definition, flavor cigars are premium cigars because a lot of a lot of flavor cigars to to start with, they are short short fillers anyway, so they're not really premium cigars to start with. They might look the same, but they don't smell or taste the same. They were no, product. They I, I really honestly think that they were originally created to get rid of some really bad tobacco. Because if you put the infusion in there, it doesn't matter what it tastes like. That's true. I never thought of that. Right? We have a lot of leftover, bad crop, whatever. Let's grind them all up, put flavor in there. Not everybody will smoke it. Yeah, I never thought of that. And we can yeah. sell it at the same price as close as possible to a good regular cigar. By just advertising it, you got to get that flavor. In fact, if you really want that flavor, you can go drink the flavoring. It will just taste like that. For cheaper. <laughs> for cheaper. That sounds like the right? new challenge for Miami. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> right? So all those things does affect us as as consumer. Because now I think next year and on, we got to have so many more choices. Oh, yeah. They're going to be so much more blunt. Yeah. Like, I don't think the price is going to go down. No. No. But I think, I think not. with the new, with this whole thing going down, there are going to be so many new blends for next year that we won't even be able to like smoke them all. There's, it's going to be insane. San Andreas, Piro. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, I think the San Andreas needs to go away because there's too many blends with San Andreas. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Man. Right. Everybody's everybody using them. But now they can actually go go back to their catalog or like oh you yeah. know original blend of something and go back to something boring. Or go something back, they have. Go before. back to the root. Go back to the root. Yeah. You know? And they don't really, like, you know, honestly, now, like, Drew is taking go back and say, you know, we don't really have to get rid of our half our catalog anymore. Now we can bring it all out again. Yep. <laughs> we don't That's have right. to test any of them. Right. So I think what is going to affect us as a consumer is that more choices, right? More choices, number one, and um, more accessibility and not have to worry about our collection being, you know, down the, uh, obviously I've hoped that they will go back to the old boxes because I know the new all the new boxes the design they printed are preemptive to that label thing because I I remember before that label thing even happened you're seeing a lot of boxes already saving that 60% as a space on the front not back front of the box you think so they did I didn't see they I didn't did. notice they did Especially Davidoff boxes, you can tell right away like they saved that spot. Oh, they, there. they are ready for it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they already printed the box to be that way. So it's gonna take another maybe a year, or two, to kind of correct that back to normal again. Because then now they they had to redesign their boxes again or use the old designs again, which I'm totally fine with that. And and you know that enthusiasm of buying boxes may may come back. You know, people might buy more again. People might. Enjoy cigar more, but again, price is not gonna go down. But at least it's not gonna go up. The the, the amount that you we know? think, because imagine somebody had to pay that kind of oh, user yeah. fee. Imagine that you had to pay that much per cigar. If I'm a cigar company, I would never release another cigar. Because one cigar means two hundred thousand no, dollars. I'm not releasing any cigars. That's what I was thinking. Is that that would probably take it completely off the table. They wouldn't sell a cigar for forty three dollars. Is is the example? So yeah. They're not gonna be able to do that unless you're making ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand uh, cigars. 
and then balance that out to like a twenty dollar base cost per cigar for three dollar cigar, four dollar cigar. Now you keystone it. You have forty dollar, forty dollar for a basic cigar. Good luck with that. But something else to consider is I don't think. Well, based on what I understand of this, they really had not much to lose by coming out with some new blends because once the, I mean, they could come up with a new blend, release it as a short run or consider it a short run. And then once the requirement to spend, to spend all the money to test it came out, they could just stop selling the blend, right? Instead of having it tested. So no, you uh, got to get it tested before you can sell it. Um, they weren't paying money to have it tested already, were they? No, they haven't got that there yet. So some cigars are grandfathered in. So yeah. if you sold that cigar before certain, like what whatever specific year, was those are considered grandfathered in. Was it 2018 or something? I don't know. It had to I be think it was. It was something like that. But the point was, there was there's been a lot of new cigars. Cigars have come and gone, right? The the, the manufacturer hasn't left, but. They they started the line. They closed the line, so right, they would not a have lot to... of them. A lot of them were actually brought back. A lot of them were actually a grandfather blend that they can prove that they used it before, and right. they discontinued it and brought back. So right. those are those are kind of different. What we're saying is that any new cigars that need to be uh, released had to go through those things to the FDA approved before they can release it, and that's after September 9th. So they just they barely made it. They barely made it to not have yeah, to do they that. Did. Can you imagine if a company was like, fuck it, I'm going to just release whatever the fuck I want, and then this happens? They're like, ha ha. <laughs> like, I still, I've been doing what I wanted to do this the entire time. I see a lot of companies doing annual releases. And I think that's the reason. Because they were, I'll release this year, I release next year, I release next year. And if something goes up, we stop. Because it's not going to be our regular release. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, that it it makes that makes better sense in some ways, actually. But that that kills it. That some I think some annual release can actually be a regular release now. Like for example, yep. something like can you imagine egg roll coming back now? Because now they oh, don't yeah. have to test it. Because it wouldn't be sustainable to 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 test the egg roll at four dollars a cigar. Right. So now they can go and say, okay, now we don't have to raise it. Yeah, it's a four dollar cigar. Yeah. yeah. They should call oh, it the leftover. They should call it the leftover Chinese food. <laughs> right? <laughs> All that stuff that they, they test they test run as a as like a like a joke almost. Now they can make it like an annual release and there'll be no problem. Because now they can actually deal with that at four dollars. Because if they continue to release that as a regular line, they're not going to be able to do that once they had to submit that information over. So you can see a lot of, like, I, I think that's why why Punch was releasing four different cigars to see which one is more popular. And maybe if they had to do, or it's a four or five, five, right? Not with the Fumin is five. No, with the Egg Rolls, uh, Spring Rolls yeah. five. With the Spring Rolls five. So they can tell which one's more popular. And if they mm-hmm. have to do it, they can pick one and do it. Yeah. Right? But now they don't. They can just, uh, I'm going to release all of them. All yep. of them, because regular production. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they don't have to deal with it for at least another ten years. <laughs> That's true. Because how long was this fight? Two thousand sixteen. That was like yeah, two thousand sixteen. Uh, eight years. That's almost eight years of fight. So for the FDA to do this again, they're looking for another eight years. That so we got eight years to release whatever it is, and even if they lose at that point, we got eight years with the new cigar blends. 
Yeah. So I, I think that that's the that's the benefit. That's the win that we are all looking for. Even though before they were not, they are not even looking for the 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 uh the court to just throw the entire thing out. They were just like, okay, we'll review it rather than like we'll stop it for now. We'll review it now. They're just like, we throw this out. You guys need to do this again. Yeah, they have to start over. Which holy crap, that take a lot of manpower to do. Yeah, and a lot of money. And now that they now all those company who already pay the user fee is looking for that money back. Yeah, and who's who's gonna pay for that? FDA, and that which means <laughs> your tax money. Oh shit! Right. So, well, actually, I wouldn't think it's your tax money. I would think that you, you purchase money because whatever you buy, yeah, food wise, had to pay the FDA. Yep. So that's where the money's gonna go from. So food might go up in price. Who knows? But food already going up, oh, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but overall, I if I'm FDA, I wouldn't try that again because if I gotta refund. You know, 10, 15, 20 company, twenty million dollars per company. Well, what, what maybe now? You know, I don't know. If there's a number for that. Is Let's there a number? Okay, the fees are hundred million dollar per year for all cigars. That's a lot of money to refund. Because hundred million. Two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen. You know, eight years. That's almost that's eight hundred million dollars. That that's has to a refund. lot of money. Well, you think they have that money? I don't think they have that money. They don't. Yeah, do you think do you think, think FDA, FDA has that. that much cash to pay back right now? Time to take a long. I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that. So now <laughs> they gotta run into debt. It's great, and I really don't think FDA in the US do a good job because the, the some of the things is just disgustingly okay with the FDA. You are allowed to have certain amount of like cockroach legs or certain part of a rat in your canned food, and that's considered okay. It should be zero. It should not yeah. have any cockroach legs or, or or like a rat head or whatever to be okay. It should be zero. But they're okay with that. They're okay with certain things that may kill you, but certain percentage. They're okay that you can put a bunch of things together and say flavoring and then call that one thing, but you don't know what that is. They're okay with all that. They're okay for the U.S. to ship raw chicken to China on a ship. To be processed, cut up, packaged, and ship it back from China. Oh damn! That's a whole ship of salmonella. <laughs> so I I don't know I I don't think the FDA is an expert in food really. I really don't think they are. I think they're just like okay, whatever that makes sense. Kind of everybody just sit in the office throwing dots and ideas, and then we just take those and then make it into a law. Try to run with it, but then sometimes it fails. So you know, I I, I don't I don't think that's uh. That's a good thing. I I have no problem with them banning flavor cigars, but then again, it's not the federal that's been banning the. It's not the FDA that's banning the flavors. It's the states that are banning the fa- flavor cigar stuff. So, so yeah. I, I can't completely understand that. I'm not gonna fight that. If they want to get rid of all the flavor stuff, go for it. I'm all for it. Yeah, that. but the thing is, like you know, it starts with the flavor stuff, right? You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah, it starts somewhere, and then you move over. But then again, the flavor stuff, I can see why. Is targeting people who are not a regular smoker or who doesn't even know how to smoke to smoke that that stuff. Yep. I and because the, there's really no way of us telling whether or not those flavor stuff are good for you. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Like, so you know that flavor stuff, whatever they're using, might be bad for you. It might contribute to even more health issues that we already know and 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 then assess as a risk, right? Because everything has a risk, right? Drinking yeah. soda has a risk, so. I mean, it adds to a risk, 
that we wouldn't otherwise know. Like people who are into vape, they are so addicted to vape because the flavoring. The vape can be completely flavorless, uh, uh, no tobacco whatsoever, just flavoring. But right. they're addicted to the flavoring. So flavoring can get you. Like sweetness can can get you. Sugar is the number one most addicting substance that humans consume. That's true. So by making the cigar sweeter, what tastes like a, a certain things that can get you somewhat addicted to that flavor, and I think that's a problem too. I don't really want to get into that problem where FDA to say because these things that are these flavor are causing addictions. Now we gotta regulate flavor in a cigar. Now once it go like anything that tastes like fruit is gone. Okay, now we're in trouble. Any any cigar that tastes like orange, TAO. It's got to go. <laughs> but it's tobacco. <laughs> right? In any tobacco, they had to find all the tobacco that tastes remotely citrusy and get rid of it. I, I don't want to get into yeah, that. Good. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I, suspect that, I suspect that, you know, you talked about are the is the FDA the experts. Well, uh, along that same lines, I think you have to kind of think about how they approach this cigar situation is it seems like that they were looking for comments from the industry, right? They were looking for information about the health aspects of cigar smoking. Uh, and they were looking for the industry to provide that it, as, as an, it, it, there was input that the industry could, could make on that. Right. I suspect that the FDA is probably doing that in other industries as well, where they're looking for their input into the, safe practices of food handling and things like that. I think it reaches a point where the, you know, they, they do have to say, raise a certain level of standard or whatnot, right? Because, you know, if you leave it completely up to the industry, the industry is going to go with the cheapest route and, and, and the risk and all that may not be manageable or, or tolerable, but I suspect that that's probably what the FDA is doing and, and they're, yeah. And they're getting money from, the industry to, in order to maintain that. Right. I mean, I think there are other, other, like, I, th- I think UL, U, uh, UL is a, is a, I forget what the UL, uh, underwriters, uh, underwriters laboratories, right. Is a standards for, for different electricity, you know, electrical things and so forth. Well, companies will have bought into that system. So that, and, and to hold themselves accountable to that system, so I think the regulatory is not always big brother do it, telling the industry what to do. I think it's, it is a partnership to some degree and that's where the politics kind of come in. That's where the problems start to kind of develop because big companies can kind of squash smaller companies in the regulations and things like that. So uh, it's, it's not, it's not just cut and dried. I think as, as a lot of people might think it is, I think the, the, the cigar industry probably could have helped themselves a bit more by better defining what a premium cigar is. And I don't think there was a consensus about what a premium cigar is. Right. Uh, okay. Albert. So like before we get too far. Okay. I, I get what you're saying, but you do know the reason why this lawsuit was tossed out is because when we, when the cigar industry submitted the opinion and research that FDA themselves did, they ignored it. Mm-hmm. And that the, the oh, comments, yeah. the feedbacks, they ignored it. So when you say that they, they are hiring 
uh, you know, people who are experts in food safety and all that stuff, they are cherry picking their data. That's for sure. Of course. So it it really doesn't help. It really doesn't help. So like, you know, to to put a trust into a a government entity that cherry picks the data and do whatever they, they want towards the the goal that they want to regulate to further regulate that doesn't put a lot of trust in that and then you know whatever food companies doesn't fit that that regulation they would say hey we pay you a little more money or we'll, we'll, we'll lobby you to do this and that so long as you adjust that percentage from zero percent zero to one or to five or to three percent sure and they sure. did that which is is not trustworthy so for the, for for me to even think that they are really looking out for the consumer's wellness. I don't believe that because there's so many things out there that kills you that we eat. Well, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree 100% with that, uh, with what you're saying, that yes, they, they can throw the data out. They can look at the data. By the same token, the industry can can maybe not produce the best data as well. And and that's, that's, that's a possibility because they're going to be looking for data that's going to benefit them as an industry, right? And so, and, and I think I think it, the premium cigar industry did have a definition, but it's just that is it is it five item definition or is it eight item definition or is right. it ten item definition? That's right. where it goes, right? Because I think that originally when I learned about premium cigar, they didn't talk about weight by weight, like how much cigar has to be. I sure. know what at one point they will try to say yeah. premium cigar is any cigar that's more than twelve dollars. And that's ridiculous because now we're talking about three dollars. Yeah, economies, economies change, right? So, right. Yeah, but, but I also, think everybody can agree on, on the few points of a premium cigar is that it's hundred percent tobacco, right? It's handmade, mm-hmm. right? And it has nothing but tobacco in it, other than the the, the glue gum that they use, the vegetable gum that they use. The pexin. and they they agree yeah. those few in, important part of it are what defines premium cigar and the rest is just to separate themselves from the cigar that are from the gas station because they call themselves cigar too and they really has that kind of construction as well right they have 100% tobacco tastes like crap and you know whatever that right. is so it's re- when you have a definition like that you are in is inclusion versus exclusion so they have to have more rule to exclude it, but it's harder because somebody can just find one missing exclusion yeah. and make a product and call that premium cigar. Do it, yeah, loopholes and things of that nature. I agree right. with that. And, and so I think that's that's where the disagreement is. Like, like, okay, so if I make a cigar that is the right size, the right stuff, but it's not the right weight, why wouldn't it be premium cigar? Lancero is got to be very light. Why if I make a short Lancero? Right. And I think the FDA came in with the weight issue more for possibly a taxation kind of a thing where they could maybe tax things a certain way or, or whatnot. Right. And, and I think that's the, that's the thing that, so I think that there is a definition, but the definition is differ from people to people. That is how many items in that definition. Right. Cause I know the first three or four is the same. And if you think about the, the industry again, are they really i mean yes they probably have a a good consensus on this particular topic but do they have a consensus on other things right i mean they they clearly want to do things a certain way traditional way their way they want to do it a different way because it's not traditional now so the industry does kind of trip over itself i think a little bit by by not developing a more of a hard standard in that regard. So I think, I wonder if, you know, 
it wouldn't behoove the the the, the cigar industry to, to get some really good uh, independent data about the health effects and things like that and see where the information goes. But they could be, you know, that, that could be a very dangerous track to take as well. So, And also, J.C. Newman's cigar is a machine made, right? I remember seeing that video where they just show off their, their, yeah. their factories are like mostly machine. They, they make a lot of machine-made cigars, yes. But they consider themselves premium cigar. Well, because they make a lot of cigars that are also hand-rolled. Well, I, but that's the thing. You don't know which one is half roll, half hand roll, machine roll, whatever. Because from that video that was online, they just have a machine that pumps out rolled cigar and they look like Robusto yeah, size they cigars. Yeah, they're, they're bundle sticks. So a lot of their um, a lot of their bundles that they sell to JR Cigars are just, they're cranking out bundles and bundles and bundles. But they also make Brickhouse and... Um, a lot of other premium brands. Yeah, so those bundle cigars, do you guys consider it a premium cigar? Well, no, that's the I thing. I, like, we don't know, right? We don't know. How do we know? Like, they can tell us that is, you know, long filler, mixed filler. They can do long filler and still machine made. That's a problem, right? So now that that's where, like, you know, JC uh, Newman might want to go, hey, uh, we want to, I don't want to say that, you know, it's like, got to be a, a hundred percent machine uh, hand roll. I think that you know some part of it can be machine, and then then they get then then we gotta get, get to that same that's where argument fragments. about what's machine mm-hmm. and what's not. And that, that's where the industry fragments itself, right? Right, because like, some some, a... some company I want to pump out a hundred thousand cigars a year. Mm-hmm. Well, the argument right now is like premium and not. There's no way to, for us to prove that you know, uh, let's say, uh, Pappy Barinko's hand hand rolled. There's no way. They can be machine well, roll. I, I would hope so. Right? The, the JC New no, America the, the is more... that machine roll or hand roll? I can't tell. No, that's hand rolled. Well, let's hope that's How do you hand know rolled. that? They have, a, they have a factory that can machine roll. How do you know they hand rolled it? Well, because they have two specific people who are only allowed to roll that cigar. And Right. But yeah, they but can like... say that, but there's no way to prove it. They don't have a log which one is rolled by who. Right? I mean, like we already went through that whole thing about, you know, the Lieberman machine and stuff like that. Now that's hand roll too. So, yeah, so you know, the Lieberman machine, machine, the Lieberman machine, is that, is that still considered hand rolled? I don't think so. It's hand cranked, not hand rolled. <laughs> sure hand it is. Crank, yeah. So it's like, hand rolled. Of course so it is. If that's hand rolled, then the people that that's hand rolled than any JC machine Newman. that press a button to move it, then it's a hand yeah. roll too. So the the machine at JC Newman that pump out those bundle, those are hand rolled because somebody had to put tobacco in there, no. right? No, those are machine rolled. Machine rolled. No, oh, the, now the, those the, are machine the, rolled. The, someone use a hand to press the machine. The machine does it, toss it down, and the guy can pick it up, roll it down the aisle, so the next person can deal with it. Yeah, hand rolled. Yeah, so hand rolled, right? Yeah, that's the thing about definition, right? So, like, you know, if it benefits them, they will say it's hand roll. If it doesn't benefit them, it's a, it's a, it's a company that it's only deals roll. with the, the actual hand roll. They will say that's machine, right? So it's like, which one's what? So this is, no- the, this is the heart of the whole thing. This is the heart of this conversation. What we're talking about right now is how do you regulate that? How do you fairly regulate that? But that's the thing. Is that something that, that could be regulated or should be regulated? Or, or should be regulated, right. That's, yeah, I guess that's like, why, why would you regulate production, right? Yeah. That's like saying that I got to regulate Chinese restaurant can no longer use a machine automatically stir fry. What? The? <laughs> they have a restaurant that does that. 
Yeah, most most uh, most uh, factory thing. kitchens are like that. They dump all the ingredients, press the machine, that thing rolls. Oh yeah, yeah. And they cook. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So to so to get on this side of on you know the to discuss this aspect of it when you were talking about the the highly infused cigars and are they safe for us that's why you have to that that's where the regulation uh, argument or conversation comes in because you're you're buying something you don't know if you're harming people people don't know if they're getting harmed by it so there there should be some transparency to that right so that you know what you're buying so but they're already that, putting that label on there. They're saying that this this product will kill you. They already say that. Well, they're saying it'll kill you, but they right. But there's there's different levels of harm and risk and things like that. Well, they don't say, tell you this product has twenty percent chance to give you cancer. They say this product will give you cancer. Period. Wait, what product are we talking about now? Right, but like, right, you know, all tobacco has a label that says this, uh, to, uh, oh, uh, yeah. tobacco contains nicotine you, is known yeah. to give you cancer. Yep. You know, there is what, no what, pretty much every product in California has that same label. <laughs> sure. Sure. Right. Well, and they well, don't tell know. you what is the chances. They, they don't say that will increase your chance of getting cancer by 20%. They don't say that. But what we've learned from cigarettes and how those are manufactured in the, in the reconstituted tobacco and, and so forth, the, uh, and the, and all the additives that they put into, to that process and in part, we we know about all these things because they went to court, right? They they were highly regulated, became highly regulated, and lawsuits formed because of the, you know, practices and things like that. So, you know, it uncovered a lot of the of the bad practices that they were doing, and how how much more harmful the cigarettes are to more of a natural natural product, right? So, but, but what leads to that was because a lot of people were dying. On lung cancer, sure, and there's a number for that. There's actually a study for that, right? Agreed. So until FDA can prove it and do a, a study of people who's dying from cigar smoking only, then they, they really have no rights to regulate it because they haven't yeah. proved they haven't proven the the danger of it, right? Right. And, but and, you can prove that the, the flavoring stuff is attracting younger people, yeah, or yeah. people who doesn't usually oh, smoke. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, new smokers. Right. Right, you can you can prove that. That's something you can prove. Smoker, That's something yes. that you can tell right away. That if somebody, if you take ten people that never smoked in, in in their life, and one person that smoked, lead them in there. That ten people, more than half of them is gonna choose a flavor, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So so that that's just showing them that those things are attracting them, versus a, a actual premium cigar. I think a couple of years ago, I was watching a documentary called I think it was called Stink. And it had to do with how perfume is a protected is is a protected uh, product that perfume makers do not have to give up how they make their perfume, what things they put in it, uh, because it's trade. It's like their it's their um, uh, intellectual property of of in in and for them to share how they how they do these things to to the FDA, I think it's the FDA is who regulates them, then they would be giving up their intellectual property and therefore they wouldn't be able to make a living, right? They wouldn't be able to run their business. And so perfumes have this special classification. And that was that was the, the gist of the whole, inter, the whole um, documentary. And it, and it kind of makes me think about this situation with, with the infused cigars, right? They don't have to tell you how, what they're infusing them with, 
you know, the disclosure for that is, is there's not any, right? Cigar makers don't even have to tell you how they make their cigars. They could be saying, we do this, we do that, but, you know, we have to take their word for that, right? And it makes me kind of wonder, you know, or is it that kind of a situation where they are somewhat of a protected class, a protected product where they're not having to, to do this because there's not a harm, there's not a proven harmful effect to it, like you're saying, Tony, like, there's not a, so many people dying from cigar smoking. And so, so then therefore there's not a need to regulate that. But I wonder about the infused situation because yes, we don't really know what they're being infused with. You yes. truly don't know what, what are they being infused with. Right. When you think of like acid um, is, is, is a cigar I can think of that's, that's the most, there's another one called elevation. I think it was called that's really got a weird smell to it. And uh, I think they're actually from a company up in Chicago. And and that, that thing smelt like like crazy. So, you know, what do you say about that kind of situation where, you know, does the FBA, FDA need to step in so that we know what we're smoking when we're dealing with the infused stuff? Yeah, I think they need to look into what the hell they're infusing it with. Because if you fucking smell that uh, acid 10 or 10 year anniversary or whatever it was, that thing smells like a freaking like poopery. It's the stuff you would literally put in your bathroom. And, and here's the thing, though. I think... Cigar making process is relatively transparent. There's not one company out there will say you are not allowed to tour our factory to any of the FDA because they, they invite people to come learn the process. Yeah. They invite oh, no, people they, to see what they use. Yeah, the only thing you don't know is the infused shit. Yeah, that's so right. cigar itself. The premium cigar mm-hmm. industry is pretty transparent. Everybody loves to show how the cigars are made. Mm-hmm. You know, how that, you know, from oh, yeah, farm to from seed to leave to fermentation. You get to see all that if you go to like Bound Smoker, right? There's nothing secret. You walk in yep. there, it's the same factory, right? The, the people go to cigar tours all the time, just like beer. Is beer making process a big secret? No, you can tour beer making factories. Yep. There's nothing to it, right? So it's just the, the tweaking of the blend that is the hard part. But whatever that, that is on there is the same. And- and and the actual the company that's doing it right because there's some companies will be more transparent than others some companies are having their stuff rolled by other tobaccoeras so you don't you're not going to be able to enter those those particular factories right and going back to JC Newman you still don't know if what you're smoking is <laughs> going to be made Maybe you know not. is handmade and, and I, or machine made yeah, I'll take what I say back. Okay, a little bit. So I say transparent is to a point. Okay, so any of those cigar blend that is undisclosed, you're sketchy as hell. You're sketchy as hell to, to be call honest, your cigar yeah. blend undisclosed. Stop, stop undisclosing your stuff, man. Like stop. Yeah. Like, what what does that I mean, mean? If you want to do something illegal, stop doing something illegal. Right? We are, you know, we you know, it, it, don't put Corojo in there and say we're gonna do it undisclosed, but people think it's Cuban. Don't do that. Sketchy as hell. Yeah. Right. We, there's only so many places that make tobacco. It's, don't don't be sketchy. It's just a, a reason for them to to charge more for the customer. Right. Right. And yeah, then, like, thing, you like, know, when you charge I, I'm more, sure right? you're not you, using you Cuban to tobacco. Know. You would think that you're they would want Cuban, them to. Cuban tobacco. You so, can't. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. But so, if you so, put... yeah, some companies are sketchy like that, and that includes Davidoff. Don't be so sketchy about this. Just really, just tell us what it is. Even yes. though it it doesn't mean a lot of things to most people. It will not mean a lot of things to most people. 
And like, you know, you're not really protecting your blend because no one's going to make the same blend that tastes like yours. I will try to because, you know, it, it, they would, then at that point, they would just compare two cigars to see which was cheaper and buy that one. It will make no sense. But and I think in the end, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, it's a fair question to ask. I mean, the, what's, the very beginning part of that documentary stink was this guy buys his daughter some some pajamas or some shirt or something from um, one of those girly, you know, like, you know, where the little girls get their little earrings and, and hair braids and all that kind of a place. I forget what it was called. But so he orders it and he comes and they open up the package and there was a smell that just emanated that was just chemical. It was a chemical smell. And he calls up the the one eight hundred numbers like, hey, can you tell me what's what's the smell is like? Like, how did you, what did y'all use to? Is this gonna harm my kid or you know, is this a good thing, a bad thing? And they they would not they would not explain what it was. So I think if we were to, if we were to call up Drew Estate and say, hey, what's what's this acid? What's in this acid? You know, what's, what, what am I smoking here? Do you think they would disclose that? Do you think they would tell us? I think they would. They would say, this is made out of the Dominican tobacco, wrapper, leaf, and blood. And they mm-hmm. go, the rest is flavoring. Right. And that's the Natural the flavoring. Natural, flavor. natural, natural flavoring. Natural flavoring. So what's the yeah. natural flavoring, right? How does that well, work? They were like, you know, that, no, we know that's, it's natural. We don't know what's in there. That's it's a proprietary. Secret. Proprietary. Proprietary exactly. natural blend. But right. when you say something like a jewelry and stuff like that, I don't think they know because they cater another factory to make those shit in the cheapest yeah. way possible. So it, it not, it, they obviously use chemical process to make it look like a jewelry, but it's not really. It's a plating process that makes it smell. So I, I don't think they actually know one eight hundred number. Those customer really service people because... just got caught into those questions that they have no answers to. Oh yeah, yeah. And, it, and it started a whole a whole documentary where he he went all the way around. He went all the way around the horn on it. Where you know there were some there were some companies that were putting some things. In their in their clothes that was harming kids, like literally, you know, creating issues for them, uh, cancerous. Actually, some things were causing some cancer for them. That, that, it's probably a California thing, but you know what I'm saying. But nonetheless, you know, but we didn't we didn't get to know those things because it was protected under this this whole perfume uh, clause in the in the protection of that of that product. So it's um, it's an interesting problem. And it extends far beyond just perfume. I mean, it goes into scents for your clothes. Like you should wash your clothes in. Like Those people, scents are protected. Yeah. Like, like anything that has to, Yeah. Yep. Any kind of any kind of smell, whatever, is protected typically uh, in the whole in the whole uh, industry. It's kind of weird. No, they should. And then they should protect cigar too, because cigar we're tasting the smell. So. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, in the U.S., to sue for anything. Uh, well, trademark anything, you had to give up your recipe. So I don't know how they trademark the the, the scents or that like perfume because you can't unless you give up the ingredient. That, that's the whole thing. They, they don't have to. Like that, that, well, that's you know, the... they can probably give up the ingredient, just not the percentage. Because like they're, they're this chemical, that chemical, like the very bottom scientific name for it. And, you know, there's no way to know how to make it. Well, yeah, they don't have the to problem. give this person or that, this and this. That's the so problem. We know it from Will Puke. So... Yeah. Or just like makeup. They're not going to tell you that it's from this bug, that bug, this bug. It's all yeah. the coloring came from something. Right? So. <laughs> yep. But that is that's that is the heart of the whole problem with that is that they, they do not have to disclose any of that. And they get trademarked anyway. 
Yeah, we should do that for cigars. I, I, you know, honestly, I don't think cigars should be trademark because it's like making like fried rice. Imagine you go trademark fried rice. Right. Oh my god. I think I think you should not be able to con- uh, trademark any consumable goods because you have to eat it. You know. I don't know. Baklava is baklava. I think. I think if Panda Express makes a fried rice a certain way, man, <laughs> if I go to another Panda Express, it should taste the same. You know what I mean? Right. But then, like, if they trademarked it, that means nobody else can make that fried rice. Okay. Yeah. So, now, good luck eating fried rice ever. Even though they didn't invent fried rice, they trademarked the recipe. That's kind of crazy, yeah. yeah can you imagine it? Burger King going and trademark hamburger oh and then trademark it as two buns and the meat in the center, but plus a slice of cheese? Now you can no longer buy hamburger anywhere else. I think mad. they probably. But they probably do the, the seasoning, right? They, they, the seasoning no, they No, no, they don't have to. Why Why trademark just the seasoning? I trademark the entire thing so you can never make another hamburger, right? You can never make another, tra- like, you know, I'm going to put the design of the hamburger, two buns and a meat in the center, <laughs> lettuce, tomato, cheese. So if you're any significant, if you're any similar, you have two buns and a, and a meat in the center, well, good luck. Here comes nope. a lawsuit. No, we, we come like McDonald's with the Big Mac, three buns. No, it doesn't matter. You still have the top bun, the middle bun, and the center still have meat. Yeah. Now but the it's still close have enough. Bun, so it's different. You know, it's close enough. You're just stacking it. It's close enough, <laughs> right? So the, any consumable good, consumable goods should not be able to be trademarked because everybody else should be able to make that. Imagine that, like next time you're you're doing a barbecue party at home, somebody serves you a lawsuit. Burger King <laughs> decided to sue you because you're making hamburger in your backyard without license. Yeah. So our consumer goods should not should not be do that. I and mean, and and here's the thing: we know a lot of cigar tastes very similar. The blends are very probably the same. Probably oh, yeah. very close. Very We're close. We're talking about yes. different between a, a nip of a leaf versus not, right? Yep. So you know a lot of them taste very similar. So if they were to trademark that, then another company cannot make something similar, and we're screwed. It was screwed. Like the price would just uh, uh, fluctuate so much. You know we can't. You know, as a consumer, I hope that there's got to be a lot of different blends, and I hope that they never had to regulate something like that. And I definitely hope that, you know, I, I today I just did a review. I say, you know, the New World Cigar is like an art. It will have so much variation. People came up with so much things that aren't available anywhere else. It's just a combination of the same thing, right? There's only so many tobacco leaves out there, so many combinations mm-hmm. out there. But they were able to make variation of those and and create art on the on those i i hope that they would never trademark imagine a company that just have a huge portfolio and decide to trademark all those things now oh the other God. company can never come out or send them something similar or use majority of that as a base right imagine somebody decides you get, okay i know what's in sangre nueva i know they put kfc in there and i want to do something else and put kfc in there and you know somebody else said no you can't because we already trademark a cigar with kfc in there now you can never you can never find out. Even though it tastes different, it just had to be a percentage alike to to violate a trademark, right? So, and then that wouldn't go anywhere. We will lose. In the end, the consumer lose. When they fight, when they decide to go against each other and like fight like that, consumer loses. Yeah. But when they try to fight each other with innovation, that's when consumer wins. Right? Yes, I love it when they fight each other with innovation because man, we be having blends all over the place, boy. <laughs> Right, like they they came up with the innovation that has different flavor, different sizes, different design, different. It's it, it just the design alone can give you a different feeling of smoking that cigar. Oh yeah, it changed your right? whole mindset when and, you look at a cigar. And you know? And, and, and and you know, and they maybe have to change the definition of hand roll. Really, like you know, they can they can say 
it's rolled a certain way, a certain pressure, whatever, and it's considered good enough, I'm okay with that. You know, because how you gotta how you gotta define someone that rolled a cigar on their legs? Is that hand roll or lay roll? That's hand leg rolled. <laughs> right? So now it's not premium cigar because the hand leg rolled. Leg rolled cigar. Right? So, you know, there's got to be something to it. I'm okay if they came up with a way to make a consistent cigar. But at that point, you take away something from this allure of cigar smoking. You take away a little bit of that feeling of these things being premium because now you mass produce them. So, uh, you know, there, there should be a definition that changes a little bit. Whereas premium cigar will be hand roll or majorly hand operated or something like that to be considered as premium cigar. And that way we don't have a file. And, you know, the cigar company can be honest and say, yeah, you know what? We rolled the last last hand. So then all the first part of it, bunching, uh, uh, cramping them together, uh, putting the mold, those part are machine and we rolled the last part. That's fine. Okay. You know, be honest. Be yeah. honest. And yeah. then charge us at an honest rate, right? And then those ones that say from the beginning to the end, it's all hand. No machine other than knife or cutter. Those can charge us more. I'm okay with that. Just be honest. So and, they, and I think if they're honest, a lot of like the government will, will have a harder time to regulate. Oh yeah. Yeah, because, but they're they're not gonna come together on that. And and, and and unfortunately, it's just not gonna happen. There's too many too many chiefs if you wanna if you wanna look at it that way. And um and they're gonna they're gonna do things their the way they want to do it, describe it they want to do it. They, the whole tradition and all that comes into play, and how well they you know we we're we're following tradition, so we can't change our definition because of this or that. Well, but then so, you know that people are piggybacking on that tradition. They're not really following the tradition, but they're piggybacking yeah. that tradition. They're piggybacking it right, and so the only way I think you truly get a, a hard and fast definition for all those things you're talking about is that you regulate it and look what we have when we do that touch it they, they can, like, if they go and after that they go and try to regulate something like that like hey define a premium and a non-premium i'd be happy to support them actually oh yeah if they want to regulate by def defining it that's a different story if if fda want to define that's fine don't regulate them but define them i think that's a good step forward oh yeah like before we be regulate you i want to define you so we'll have a categorized things so, so the consumer knows what is a cigar, what is a flavor tobacco goods, and what is a premium cigar. I think that's a good step forward. If you want to that's do regulation, but before regulation, you define it, right? Because they, I know that they're going to try to regulate in the future when they, when they have everything together oh, yeah. again. But define it, right? If we, we don't have a good definition, the consumer doesn't know, right? If you want to, right now, they lump everything together mm -hmm. and try to run it with that, right? And that's where they fail because they lump everything together. All tobacco product follow the same rule, and that's why they fail. Yep. Right. But once they define it and separate it, flavor stuff, uh, tiny cigarette oil, you know, gas station, if they want to call those, and premium cigars, define those, and now you can see which one is the easy target and go regular those. Very easy. Right. If you want to go regular uh, gas station cigars, go for it. And those got to be your big money because they, they lump together with cigarettes all the time. Oh, yeah. Right? And a lot of people and then, buy them. And, not to smoke and then them, you can regulate your up. flavor because all the other states already agree that those cigars are attracting people, are harmful, and we have no idea what they are. And a lot of states already banned it to start with. So those are your easy target. Go for those. Leave our premiums alone. Right? So uh, we are at Hi, our FDA. one hour Did mark. You listen. Uh, FDA was not going to listen to this. <laughs> 
So any last words, everybody, before we close out for the day? No, no? nothing here. No, Albert. But good work, boys. All right. Okay. Well, I enjoyed, so enjoyed talking with you guys about it. That was, it was a lot of fun. I, I think a lot of people want to know some detail on this. I hope that everybody learn a little bit from this. It's just the details of it. Not actually like, you know, it's a good conversation that we always have. So um, I want to put it out there that, you know, we'll continue to put out these episodes. I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. Uh, right now we have in you know, our platforms, except for YouTube, we do have that. And then the YouTube platform allow people to comment. It's going to be a week late. And I, I really feel like that give everybody like a, a little time to think about this conversation and go ahead and go over there, the YouTube part of it and put down your thoughts and conversation comments. And so we can, you know, continue this conversation and any of the things that we missed in our conversation, we can address that in a later episode. Okay. So, you know, I feel if you, if you like this show, you like the, the, the podcast, please uh, recommend to other people to listen to. And, you know, that drives us to do more. And uh, if you like us enough, you can also find us on Patreon to support us because this thing does cost a lot of money to do. All right. So, you know, we're not asking for a lot. If you do want decide to 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 support us on Patreon, you can find us at, at, uh, on Patreon, Shadow Smokes Legion. Uh, if not, that's totally fine. We'll continue to put out the quality contents for you as we go. Now, we also have uh, special interviews. Uh, right now, we are putting out in the frequency of twice a month. So keep eye on those so when they come out. It's uh, small interviews with, you know, random people if you want to hear them. Other than that, this is our episode and we're checking out here. Have a good one, everybody. I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye, guys. See you guys. See you later. See you. You've been listening to the In the Shadows podcast. There's nothing like a fine cigar. And that's our passion. And on the show, we'll talk about everything and anything cigars. And you know what happens when you get a bunch of guys together smoking cigars. The conversations go on and on. And that is what this show is all about. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. Remember, everything you need is on YouTube at Soy Sauce Assassin. The live show is every Wednesday and Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And get cigar reviews. Wishing you long ashes. We'll see you next time on In the Shadows Podcast.